Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 454 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba, alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountain on a Senators game day. Ottawa down in Tampa against a team they just shut out 4 nothing last Saturday. Pilsy, it's time to keep the good vibes rolling. Oh yeah, definitely want to keep the good times rolling if you're the Ottawa Senators and Anton Forsberg looking to keep things rolling. We'll see who the Tampa Bay Lightning decide to put out. They disrespected the Sens, putting their back up in last time. I don't think that's going to happen this time, Ross, because it was a 4-0 beatdown of the Lightning. So we'll see what strategy they go with. And not so good vibes, Ross. The COVID situation continues to escalate, and the Senators have announced that they will now be only operating at half capacity for their home games. So tough for Sens fans that were just getting excited about these vibes. Wait, wait, ready? I'm a Leafs fan. Oh, uh, that's not going to affect the Senators, though. They always play at half capacity. Oh, yeah, save it for somebody who cares. That being said, <laughs> all of Ontario sporting capacity, half, and we'll see what the next steps are. But the Senators are set to play tonight, although COVID did affect the Belleville Senators as their game yep. yesterday postponed. So we got to keep track of that, but we know you listen to this show for the breakdowns analysis and the good vibes so we're gonna try to maintain that throughout the Sens won four of five games we're hoping to continue that throughout this show this is the locked on senators podcast your team every day today is thursday december 16th and pilsy Remember about five years ago, it was the trip of death through California when you had to play Anaheim, L.A., and then San Jose. Certainly feels that way through Florida, but when you win 8-2 in the first half of it, you're certainly riding high into a battle against the back-to-back champs. Ross, they just outscored the Florida teams 12-2 in the last two games. So if you're the Sens... This is the exact team you want to face. You're you're licking your chops and like we just beat them for nothing. And then down the road, we just had an 8-2 victory. So this is a good time to play Tampa. Although a big difference, I think, Ross, if I remember correctly, last time Anthony Sorelli was out of the lineup. He's now right. back in the lineup. So that's a nice boost for Tampa, but still not the lightning roster we've been accustomed to seeing in their back-to-back Stanley Cup years. We'll expect to see Andre Vasilevsky in goal as well. Brian Elliott earned his first loss against the Ottawa Senators in what was his 12th game. Regulation, the, yeah. Exactly right. Yeah, it was like 9-1-2, and two, I, I believe. I think it was 7-0-2, oh, something like that, yeah. All right, there you go. So, tonight, you expect Vasilevsky, who has worse numbers against the Ottawa Senators than he does against any other team That's in so the NHL. Crazy. Bring it on. Yeah, like one of the top tier, like... I, I can say it confidently, the best goalie in the league, Vasilevsky. Easily. Like, I, like maybe you could debate Halibut, but no, even even that, I don't think scratches the surface. Like, he's the best goalie, and he struggles up against the Ottawa Senators. It's just wild to think of. So, e- either way, I think the Sens are um, with these good vibes going, and the players riding an all time high. I think 
even with Vasilevsky and maybe it'll be a lower scoring game, but they still have a decent fighting chance here. Lower scoring game, but Andre Vasilevsky has allowed 38 goals against Ottawa in 12 games. Like, yeah. let's go here. Maybe uh, we'll hit the over. Jeez. 895 save percentage, which I mentioned, <laughs> literally worse than any other team he's played more wow. than just a couple times. So Ottawa, maybe you have that as a little bit of a confidence boost in your back pocket. But in all seriousness, this Tampa Bay team cannot be taken lightly. I don't think he's back tonight, but I did see that Nikita Kucherov has begun skating as well. So this Lightning team, yeah, Sorelli's back, but Point and Kucherov out of the lineup once again. So an opportunity for Ottawa, yes. And I bet you DJ Smith would say they're more focused on what's going on in their own locker room. Do you think it's going to be the same lineup as the last two games? We know JBD's been called up. Bernard Docker has been in practices. And some fans really upset that he hasn't been able to get his feet wet in an NHL game since the one that we don't talk about. Yeah, I, I would be shocked, Ross, if at this point DJ Smith changes the lineup, right? Yeah, he's, he's he's lost uh, the need to tell the media his lineup the day before. Have you noticed that? Gord can't even get it out of him anymore. I hate when coaches do that. They like they're just that's like a power trip, right? Exactly. Like, I've got this power over you, like especially especially if you're not changing the lineup. Like, let's <laughs> say he went Galaxy Brain and is like. I'm not telling you guys the lineup. And then the lineup comes out, Adam Gaudet, second line center. Like, okay, then. Best like, opportunity sure. of his career. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Then build the suspense and drop it and then uh, tweet out the here we go Joker <laughs> gif like Brady Kachuk did or something yeah. like that. But if you're keeping the same lineup for the fourth straight game, just tell us. Jeez, come on. But, yeah, I do understand the frustration uh, with JBD sitting. I mean, this is coming off of a presser where DJ Smith made it very clear we're now focusing on development and they call up one of their most prized prospect defensemen and then don't play him. So it's very, very strange what's going on. But at the same time, if you're a coach, I bet he's very superstitious, former NHL player as well. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I don't blame him on that because if you would have told me, Ross, two weeks ago that the Senators in a three-game stretch up against Tampa, Florida, and Tampa would win two out of three, regardless of what the result is tonight, and outscore them 12-2, to two, I never would have believed you. So if this is the process, if this is the lineup that gets it done, go for it. See, where I kind of shake my head, and again, I think that this is valuable time for JBD to be in meetings, on the practice ice, learning the ins and outs of pro hockey on a road trip. I don't know if Dylan Hetherington playing eight minutes a night is the difference between Ottawa winning and losing these games. So if you make one little change, it's not going to throw the whole balance off as superstitious as these coaches can be. Yeah, no, and that's fair. I'm not uh, arguing on DJ Smith's side. I'm just saying that's probably where he's at right now. And yeah, process. Yeah, exactly. Why why not get JBD in for those eight eight to ten minutes instead? Definitely, I, I hear you there, but. Hetherington's probably sitting there being like, you can't take me out, DJ. I'm I'm the good luck charm here, right? So, yeah, I don't know. And especially, like, I, I was a little disappointed that they called JBD up because I wanted him playing top pair minutes in Belleville. But with Belleville games getting postponed now, like, I'm on, I'm on your side here. It's better to, if he's not going to play in Belleville, have him up in the NHL in an NHL atmosphere learning these things. Sure, that's fair. But... 
yeah, why not get him in a third pair role? When we know, like, JBD was decent in a top four role. Like, I think he can be effective in a third pair role. So I'd like to see that too. Don't think it's going to happen though. At least well, not in this game. Exactly, right? And if you look at the last two games, Dylan Hetherington's played 19 and a half minutes. Nick Holden has played 14 minutes shorthanded. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's it's very clear that he's the sixth defenseman. I mean, that is the most obvious thing I've said on this show. But with Dylan Hetherington, I mean, he hasn't made any critical errors. So That's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. Just keep riding him out there. But the irony, the irony that Victor Mete is playing his offside as a small defenseman, but Eric Brandstrom could never. Yeah, that could never. Yeah, I mean, coaches like coaches are funny that way, right? Like they'll they'll have their their stands and they'll fight it to the death, and then one day they'll be like, "No, actually, I'm smarter than all you guys, and now was the right time to switch my stance." Whatever. As if Ross, if this paves the way for Brandstrom to play on the right side, that's fine because. I really do think if the Senators are going to hold on to Brandstrom and they need to make a decision quick because he's not going to be able to go through waivers uh, next season, then he needs to be on the right side. We've already talked about it. It's going to be Shabbat and Sanderson, the top pair or the top uh, two pair punch on the left yeah. side. There's no Brandstrom cannot outplay those guys. I'm very certain of that. And you can't have Brandstrom playing a third pair or you shouldn't at least have him playing a third pair role on the left side. So if he's going to have any success and be put in a position where I think he should be, he needs to learn how to play on the right side in the NHL. So if Mete paves the way for him to do that, that's good. So we're at a point now where Branstrom is over four weeks in to his broken hand and being an upper body injury. He's already started skating. Now it'll be about getting a feel for the puck and getting back onto the ice. One last note on JBD. Funny note here on Twitter from uh, at Tim McKee underscore CD goes, JBD's getting a very well-paid Florida vacation. And hey, who who would hate to get out these the days? Weather? That's pretty awesome. Yeah, get a, getting a vacation in Florida with the boys. Nice. Yes. So the Senators are in Tampa tonight. We've still got our locked on player, our lookout player, and keys to an Ottawa Senators victory. The Senators accomplished both of those against Florida. And well, the rest was history as they beat the Panthers 8-2 to after Tonight's game, the Sens will be off to Philadelphia to wrap up the road trip on Saturday before coming home to a half-capacity crowd against the Boston Bruins on Sunday afternoon. So we'll touch on all that coming up on the Locked On Senators podcast. I want to thank everybody for everyone making Locked On Senators your first listen of the day or watch as you can subscribe to the show on YouTube. We've seen a huge boost in most views and subscribers on our YouTube channel. We hope to keep that rolling. I think a big part of it, Pilsy, is the postcast. Everybody's favorite. Five and two in the postcast era. I mean, the the postcast is good vibes. And, like, I think that's that's one thing, Ross. Like, we're, we're just fans like you guys, and we're just trying to enjoy watching this team. So when it is enjoyable to watch this team, let's come together and enjoy it all as a fan base and that's what the postcast is all about we're just shooting the breeze no prep no editing no nothing just live stream vibes reactions jokes you guys can hop in on the chat if you have questions we usually get to them ross is manning the chat as as always and yeah it's just a good time especially when the sends are pounding these florida teams so make sure you join the postcast tonight 
after the Ottawa Senators take on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Seven o'clock start down in the Sunshine State, and we'll be right right live on YouTube. I would say about 9.45 to 10 p.m. Eastern. We hope to see you there. Before we get to that, though, there's lots left in Locked On Senators show today because Jacob Chikrin, trade rumors, every team should at least inquire on the services of a defenseman who's locked up for three more years at a very reasonable salary, an absolute star defenseman. But would he be a fit on the Ottawa Senators? We'll get to that. But Pilsy, you got a note from our friends at Stat Hero. Oh, yeah, guys. Daily fantasy sports is so exciting, especially because, you know, with sports gambling, with, um, you know, long league-wide fantasy leagues, you're not always dialed in every night. Whereas daily fantasy sports, let's say you got the night off work, you're able to sit down and watch some games. Why not get a little action in on it? And daily fantasy sports is the way to do that. But Stat Hero is not your average daily fantasy sports because traditionally it's a long term losing proposition and you never know who you're up against. But Stat Hero is the first of its kind. And this is so awesome where it's you versus a house, mano a mano. Head-to-head fantasy matchup winner takes all. It's simple. And here's the crazy part. Stat Hero even shows you their lineup before you play. And you can handpick the team you want to beat them. This is never seen before innovation of fantasy sports. And the odds are usually four times better. Why? Because you don't have to compete against thousands. Like, ever have you ever done these daily fantasy challenges where you make your lineup, you go into the league, and it's like, oh, wow, I just have to beat out 9,999 other people to get some money. No, all you have to do is beat the house. With Stat Hero, you are in control of your stakes as well. So let's say you found a really good matchup, and you're like, yeah, this is a winner. Push all your chips in. Let's say you're not really sure. Go a little less. That's the beauty of Stat Hero. Stat Hero is head-to-head fantasy sports one-on-one. And Ross, here are the matchups we're looking at for today. It's veterans versus rookies isn't quite uh, appropriate here. So we'll call them young guns. Veterans versus the young guns. You got to choose which lineup is going to be better. Is it Nick Benino, Mark Stone, Kyle Palmieri, or Jeff Petrie? Or the young guns, Newhook, Kaprizov, Tage Thompson, and Nick Haig. So make your choice today at... Stat Hero, sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash hockey and use promo code hockey for a 100% deposit match. So you put 100 bucks in, bingo, bango, bongo, you're getting $100 back. I was so excited to rip my headphone out there. So go to stathero.com slash hockey, use promo code hockey for a 100% match. I'm not kidding, guys. Stathero.com slash hockey, promo code hockey, terms and conditions apply. Check it out today, guys. You can advertise with Locked On Senators. If you want to get your brand out there, hit us up on Twitter at Sense Central or shoot us an email, which you can find in the business inquiry on our YouTube. All right, Pilsy, it's December 16th. Always a fun day in Sense history because I froze my tail off alongside 20,000 other Sense fans at Lansdowne Park to watch the Senators shut out the Montreal Canadiens. I'm pulling up a photo there that night. You can just see how cold it is from there. A few beers definitely helped that. Although you had to drink the beers quick, Pilsy, or they'd freeze, they'd freeze on, on you. you. Yeah, uh, Ross. 
not gonna lie, I'm glad you had a good experience. I'm glad the Sens won, but I'm also glad that I was not at that game. That looked cold, and for a low-scoring game, like, I couldn't imagine, well, I can't imagine this in any sense, but being a Habs fan at that game, that is, that is sad. Sad, sad, sad. So, for all the Sens fans that uh, battled through that cold and uh, were able to enjoy that victory, this is this is one to remember, that's for sure. How about Craig Anderson getting a shutout in that game? That's that's awesome. You you just you live for that kind of stuff when you're a fan of a team and you'd be like, wow, you froze and literally didn't get to see a goal. Now, if you're a Sens fan, it was great because of course Pajot scored. It was against the Habs. So naturally he gets on the board. Then in the third period, Bobby Ryan strips steal Sally, and then Nate Thompson put it away with an <laughs> nice. empty netter, assisted by Mark. Stone Ottawa outshot Montreal in that game as well, thirty-eight to twenty-eight. It was a complete beatdown, and man, that was right after the run to the conference finals. And you look at this roster only three months later, and it's like you can see why things fell apart. Like, anyway, so I'll leave it at that. <laughs> That's a little on the depressing side there. Anyway, anyway, the last thing I'll show you on YouTube though, those tickets are old school, sweet. Old school tickets. So, hey, great memory in Sens history. Great for them to come out on top. I've been to both outdoor games. The Senators are undefeated when there's no... uh, There was a roof in Vancouver, actually, because it was raining. It was one of those retractable roofs. But they're undefeated in stadiums. How about that? Well, I'll give you that one, Ross. And uh, (laughs) the fake snow wasn't quite as cold in Vancouver, I would guess. Yes, that is true. But the atmosphere being a home game certainly... Give me the Ottawa game instead. Although the Vancouver game was fun because that was when they started Eddie Lack over Roberto Luongo. Yeah, There was turmoil in Vancouver. And, well, seven years later, not much has changed over <laughs> there. All right. Now, we got to touch on this. The province of Ontario has cut capacity in all sporting venues to half. So no more 15,000, 16,000 crowds. Of course, the stadium seats 18.5. So... Now the capacity will be just under 10,000 for Sens games going forward. How much does this worry you that this is the first step to shutting everything down? I mean, it's definitely a concern, right? Like you're you're cutting fan attendance in half. That's a big deal. Um, yeah, it, it's tough as a fan of the game. Obviously, you don't want to see it. And uh, Ross, we got a chance to to go to a couple Sens games. And the home opener was electric. The, the preseason game, it was a packed house in Winnipeg. Um, it was a great feeling to get back to normal, but you got to remember that this is being done for everyone's safety. It's being done because it's, it needs to be done. Yeah. I actually have my finger, finger on the trigger here, Ross. I'm not a doctor. I'm not, uh, (laughs) saying any, uh, any sort of health advice or saying that I, I know what's happening here, but it sounds like these, you get, you got to just trust that it's the best decision. And, uh, look, it could be worse, right? Like they could have just said, all right, no fans. We're going back to how it was a couple years ago. And that would be devastating, I think, for the fans and for the players. Like I can't imagine these players trying to get hyped for NHL games with zero fans. Like these guys have been playing probably in packed buildings since they were teenagers. Like most of them playing in junior, if not college, those are packed barns. Like you're used to feeding off the energy that a crowd provides. So for for them to have to kind of internally build up that uh, that excitement and that momentum is going to be difficult for sure. And you look at 
the COVID situation, I think over 50 players right now are in COVID protocol, yeah. including a handful from the Florida Panthers who just played the Ottawa Senators. So you're like, oh, no, are we doing this again? Yeah. And especially like two of the guys who tested positive, Sam Bennett, who was pounding Zach Sanford's face in, and then Radko Gudis, who was in the mix in every scrum. So you're just hoping and praying that everything is above board here and that this game can go on tonight and that everybody's safety is all good. So that's obviously a situation that we're going to be keeping our eye on, but the vibes are too good right now to weigh ourselves down with negativity because the Ottawa Senators are winners of four of their last five games. They've beat three Stanley Cup contenders over that span. Sorry, New Jersey. I'm not going to keep you in the mix when we're talking about Stanley Cup contenders. But Ottawa's certainly going up against one tonight. So let's get into previewing that game. But first, Jacob Chikrin might be available. What could he be had for? I'll let Pilsy answer that one right after a word from our friends at Primal Origin Oils. Got beard? Get primal. Yeah, you heard that right. Got beard? Get primal. If you or someone you care about has a beard, it needs to get primal. Maybe you're the guy who has never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product. Well, Primal Origin Oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. Their goal is to help others look good, live healthier lives through the use of natural oils. The products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients and with a low impact on our planet. Check out PrimalOriginOils.com to learn more about their full line of beard care products. Use the code LOCKEDON for a 20% discount at checkout the combo kit makes a great holiday gift. And if you're shopping for yourself, you'll be glad you did. We know that every company claims to have the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients and feel in beer to other companies you've used. We promise you will see and feel the difference. Remember the code locked on gets you 20% off at primaloriginoils.com. That's code locked on. At checkout at primaloriginoils.com for 20% off. It's primaloriginoils.com. All right, Pilsy. Quickly, before we turn our attention completely on to tonight's game in Tampa, everybody's talking about Jacob Chikrin, and why wouldn't they? What a star defenseman, and if he's available, there's got to be at least 20 teams with serious interest in acquiring him. Should Ottawa be among those in the mix? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, like you said, you, you got to show interest. You got to see kind of where things are at, uh, what the price tag is, what the market is, because this is a young defenseman who kind of has it all. A eh, Ross, like 23 years old, 6'2, 210 pounds. He's able to put up points. I mean, he's a was, goal scorer for a defenseman, too. Yeah. Last season, he had 18 goals. Um, he's a dash. 29 this season, Ross. Throw that out the window on Arizona, though. Absolutely. But, I mean, that is very alarming. Um, Because <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say he's good defensively. And then I was like, that's tough to say when he's a dash 29. But, yes, he is playing for the Arizona Coyotes. But this is a guy who, if you put him in the right spot, like, he's going to be able – like, I picture him on a, on a pair with – uh, offensive defenseman on his opposite side. Like, imagine a pair of him and Branstrom. If Branstrom's able to play on the right side, like, 
I think Branstrom's playing a foot taller if he knows he's got Chikrin beside him to help him out if things get a little uh, uh, physical, right? So, and I haven't seen Jacob Chikrin play a lot, I'll be honest, because don't watch a lot of Arizona Coyote games myself. Uh, the Sens haven't played them in quite some time. But if uh, if everything on the scouting reports is true of this guy and he's able to perform at the level that he's able to perform in Arizona, put him on a better team and we'll see what happens. And the price tag, like you mentioned, uh, his cap hit is not that bad. This is definitely someone the Senators should be looking at. Well, that price tag, to me, if I'm Arizona, starts with Jake Sanderson. Oh, you want our unbelievable left shot defenseman who's locked up for three more years at $4.6 million? you're basically expediting the developmental process yes. with Jake Sanderson. But to me, you don't do that trade. No, no, chance. no, no, not at all. Even I, if it's one for one, although if you're Arizona, you probably want some picks involved, make it more of, we've seen what happens when you lean too heavily on a prospect in a trade. You could end up with Eric Bradstrom. Yes. However, I think that if you're Arizona, that would be a fair trade. And if you're Ottawa, it's probably a fair trade. But with where that's Ottawa right. is in their rebuild, that's not the right play. Yeah, and especially when you start to think that, like, sure, you're getting Chikrin for... Is it three more years left on this deal? Yes. Three four, more years. At 4.6. Like, that is... Valuable. That's good. But, Ross, how about Jake Sanderson at an entry-level contract for the next three right. years? That exactly. sounds pretty good to me, too, right? So, and, I mean, the Sens have invested so much in Sanderson, it would just be silly. So, I think if the Senators were to look at a trade for Chikrin, it would they'd have to bring a young defenseman back to Arizona. So I think it starts with Brandstrom, but then you'd have to put another blue chip prospect in there. Maybe a guy like Greg, something like that. And then you would probably even have to add a pick onto that. So do you start looking at putting all that into a, into a guy like Jake Chicken and it starts looking intense, but also then you start thinking, where's he going to play? You got Shabbat. Sanderson's coming up the pipes. You're not going to have Chicken play on a third pair. You're not going to move any of those guys to their offside. So when it comes down to it, ultimately, it doesn't make sense. But yes, a guy of his caliber at his age, at that cap hit, you have to show some interest and see what the market is on. Yeah. Yes, you scared me away from any further conversation. Should note his dad played Junior A for the Nepean Raiders. And... Ottawa could have just drafted him instead of Logan Brown as he went yes. about eight picks later. Oh. And he fell so heavily. At the start of his draft year, he was considered a number one or two prospect. He ends up going in the mid-teens, I believe. 16th. I believe that Arizona ended up trading for that pick as well because they're like, I think they already had a pick. If I'm oh. not mistaken, I'm going to pull up that draft year right now, 2016. Yeah, because didn't they take Clayton Keller in that draft as well? Anyways, yeah, yeah they so. did. They took yeah. Keller seventh and then... Man, what what a draft for Arizona. Fine. That's their only good draft ever. Yeah, no question. But look at the two defensemen that went right after Logan Brown. How many problems would that have solved on this Sens back end if you're looking at Charlie McAvoy and Jacob Chikrin, both within five picks of when Ottawa took Logan Brown? That is the biggest yikes. Oh, should I mention this is uh, Pierre Dorian's first draft as Senator's GM? He had to his first move was to trade up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then his second was to trade away. Mika Zibanejad. I don't know if he thought Logan Brown was going to replace him down the road, but yeah, how'd that one work out? Although, hey, he's assembled a team that just beat the wheels off of two very impressive opponents. And let's show you how the Tampa Bay Lightning line up for tonight's game. This is courtesy of Daily Faceoff, subject to change, but we don't know 
the starting goalie, although we discussed it's very likely going to be Andre Vasilevsky. If you're listening, I'll run through it real quick. Pilsy, I'll get your reaction to this team afterwards. It's Stamkos in between Andre Palat and Anthony Sorelli. It's Ross Colton in between Alex Kalorn and Mathieu Joseph. Third line is Pierre-Edouard Belmont in between Pat Maroon and Corey Perry. And the fourth line is recent waiver pickup Riley Nash in between Boris Kachuk and Taylor Radish. Now, the, there's a weird story about those two. They played together minor hockey, OHL, drafted in the same year to Tampa Bay. And now they're roommates in the <laughs> NHL after wow. playing the minors together. So those two, you could probably say they've got a little bit of chemistry. On the back end, Victor Hedman with Jan Ruta, Ryan McDonough with Zach Bogosian, and Mikhail Sergachev with Cal Foote. Yes, that is the son of former Avalanche star Adam Foote. And then we mentioned Vasilevsky and or Brian Elliott. I say and because the Sens put up an eight spot, then the Florida Panthers left in Spencer Knight for all eight talks. Yeah. That's tough to do to a 21-year-old goalie, but if they do that to Vasilevsky, I'll be all for it. Who's your lookout player on that Tampa roster? My lookout player is going to be Anthony Sorelli. Um, He wasn't with the Tampa Bay Lightning last time these two teams played. He's up on that top line. He's one of those guys that Eiserman just found, and it ended up working out amazing for him, and he's a big part of this team. So for the Tampa Bay Lightning to get him back is a big boost for them. So I'm going to be... um, looking out for him for sure yes for me how can you go anywhere but steven stamkos like he was so dangerous in that first period against ottawa in the power play and he's got that patented one-timer just yeah. like just like, like alex ovechkin yeah. and just like josh norris as uh, uh, we could throw him in the mix there because of his recent tear or should say his whole career man 30 goals <laughs> in 85 games sheesh however for me it's got to be steven stamkos like you look at the rest of this lineup like Especially up front, this is not too mm-hmm. scary. Nope. No, like without point, without Kucherov, right? You're taking out two top three forwards on this team. No team can really. I mean, really... Kucherov is a top three player in the league, even. Like, holy top moly. Top three winger. I'll give you, I'll winger, give you top yeah. three okay, winger. Because, you know, McK- David Matthews and McKinnon might have something to say. Uh, Matthews? About yeah, I mean, lower point per game pace. If you're looking at 82 games, the Drake Bathurst. That's what I was setting you up for there. there I'm you glad go. you Thanks. picked it up. I hit it right out of the park. That's uh, a little chemistry through 454 episodes <laughs> of this show. But when we're looking at this lighting team, man, you can take advantage of them. And they're, they're good. They've been playing well. At home, they are, I want to say, nine wins. Yeah, nine, three, and two on home ice. Actually, the exact same record as they have on the road. Um, so we know that they're no stranger to winning games. John Cooper just became the quickest head coach, I believe, to 400 wins. They uh, they know how to put up victories, and it's a tough place to play, but hopefully the Snowbirds will be out in full force. We know Dave Bush will be at the game. Go follow him at Dave Bush Comedy and go have a beer with him if, if yeah. you can, if you're down there. We'd love to, but unfortunately we won't be able to make it down to the Sunshine State just yet, although I'm going to be in the area next week uh, for a couple of days, hopefully. Uh, hopefully is the key word to everything these days. But who's your locked-on player for the Ottawa Senators going up against Tampa? My locked-on player? Wait, let's see if I can get this right. Yes. Tim Stutzla, for those not watching on YouTube. I'm pointing at my Stutzla jersey. He is on a three-game point streak. And, Ross, we just looked at those lines. Look at the second line he's going to be going up against. 
that is a very beatable line if you're looking at straight head-to-head matchups. And like Tim Stutzla, keep shooting that puck. Keep using your shot. That's what I've been saying for so long. And it's starting to really show that that's a key part of his game is getting confidence through his shot. So I want him to keep using his shot. I want him to dominate that other line. And Ross, before you uh, do your lockdown player, I'm just going to segue into my key to the game. And look at uh, Ross. Can you uh, flash lines once more for Tampa? For those watching on YouTube, yep. look look at the center depth position all the way down. Stamkos, obviously elite. But then you have Ross Colton, Belmar, Riley Nash. I want the centers to dominate in the faceoff dot tonight. Even if you look at their faceoff stats um, in the league, they're right beside each other. I think the Sens are like 48.3 and the Lightning are 48.7, if I remember correctly. So these two teams are very close faceoff wise. But now you're getting easier matchups in the dot. I want to see Tim Stutzla beat the wheels off of Colton in the faceoff dot tonight. He's taken a couple faceoffs every game, like three or four, and he's had some okay luck. But I want to see him really take on this challenge, shoot the puck, win the faceoffs. Because if they can, if the Sens can win these faceoffs, it's going to be tough for Tampa to break the puck up the ice with the forward group that they have. There's still a really good decor. So if they win the faceoff, uh, Stamco snaps it back to Hedman. He's probably going to be able to break that puck out. But if you win the faceoff, they're going to struggle to have those wingers beat you out, turn the puck over, and get it going the other way. So faceoffs are going to be huge here. So Tim Stutzla, shoot the puck, win those faceoffs. I like that. And I'm pulling up the auto senators lines. Nothing changes, but we'll run through it quickly again for everybody listening. We appreciate you bringing locked on senders in your car wherever you listen. Actually, I'm curious where people listen. Hit us in the you can comments. Listen anywhere. You can absolutely anywhere. It, uh, here we go. Josh Norris in between Brady Kachuk and Drake Batherson. Is that good? Yeah, probably due for a goal or two tonight. Tim Stutzla in between Formanton and Connor Brown. The third line is Dylan Gambrell between Nick Paul and Austin Watson. And the fourth line is Tierney between Sanford and Ennis. TSN 1200 still trying to convince you that Tierney is on the third line. He is not. That is the fourth line. DJ Smith will be the first to tell you that on defense, Thomas Shabbat with Nikita Zaitsev, Nick Holden, O'Doyle rules with Artem Zub, and then Dylan Hetherington with Victor Mete. Still no starting goalie announced. DJ Smith is a very sneaky man now who will not announce his starting goalies or lineup changes. Now, my locked on player for the Ottawa Senators tonight is Dylan Gambrell, actually a good player. That's what I'm going to be watching for tonight because he's been added to the penalty kill. He scores a shorthanded goal in Florida. He's Laleem's Martians player of the game on our or Sen Central standout on our podcast the other night. In an 8-2 win. I want to see what he can do for an encore. And you brought up the depth or lack thereof right now for Tampa. Well, who what do you know? Since Nick Paul's been on that line, maybe they can be a legitimate third line. So I'm gonna be locked on Dylan Gambrell tonight. I want to see him with that whole line. Like Austin Watson gets a goal. Nick Paul gets a goal. That whole line contributed offensively against Florida. So let's see them do it again. So I'm locked on Dylan Gambrell. Yeah, I love that. And, uh, you know, Gambrell's a guy we kind of said all year, like he doesn't really do much. Like he doesn't move the needle one way or another. But 
I think he's starting to catch a stride. I think finally he's got the proper line mates. Not that not that he had uh, mismatched line mates before, but I think they've found the right chemistry. Nick Paul's in the right spot. Austin Watson is starting to heat up here after an injury, after COVID. It takes a while to get your legs going again. I can appreciate I can appreciate that. So that's great. And yeah, they're going to have a chance to go up against a line that I think they they can beat. Like maybe not dominate, but I definitely think they have another good chance here. And Gambrell gets a monkey off his back, gets a shorthanded shootout goal. Basically, he had the whole ice to himself, so that's a big confidence boost. Nick Paul, he gets some goals, and Austin Watson scores as well. So that line's got to be feeling good. We're supposed to be the shutdown line, and we're out there scoring goals. So that's awesome. Yes, and it was Dylan Gambrell's first goal of the season and he hadn't scored in the last 13 games of last year with San Jose been a while for the kids. So how good's he feeling coming off of that? And he's been a big media guy. Hey, they have him out there pregame availabilities, post game, you name it. This guy's right there in front of the camera. Yeah. It seems like a good kid. And uh, also like, I think Gaudette was brought in to kind of maybe overtake Gambrell, but Gambrell's been like, nah, this is this is my spot. He's not taking it. And uh shout out to him. He's made it clear that he is a guy. And the centers, they needed kind of a defensive-minded center. So it's nice that Gambrell fits that role. Absolutely. Good point. Now, if we're looking at a key to victory, if the Senators are going to win their fifth in their last six games, where would you point to? Uh well, I, I already did the face-off, so I, I'm uh You're stick with that. Yeah, I'm sticking with face-offs. Are you going to go score first, Ross? No, I'm going to, well, in a way, kind of, because you don't want to change a winning lineup, right, Pilsy? But what I will say is withstand the initial uh, barrage because these Lightning, they were a little embarrassed, I'm yes, sure, after definitely. Saturday's performance. So if if I'm coming in as the road team in their home rink, I'm expecting them to come out absolutely flying and they just came off a win too so they're getting they got their mojo back after that shutout loss that loss to ottawa by the way is their only loss in their last seven games wow yep so you got to think they have probably the only time they've been shut out all year too i would guess that's Uh, that's an assumption but they have a few shutouts goals for yes it is the only time they've been shut out all season long so if you're the senators You're trying to withstand that initial attack that we know Tampa Bay is going to come flying for the first three, four shifts and then put the pedal to the metal. That is when the Gambrell line is going to be most important, I think. Their first three, four shifts of the game and then get into the flow. And once you withstand that initial attack, then you turn the ice on its head and just get shots on Andre Vasilevsky. The guy sees the Sens logo and he panics. So that's, (laughs) that's I'm convinced that uh, the Sens are going to put up at least a four spot tonight on Vasilevsky. Uh, there's, well, there, there's a new segment. We'll add it to our preview. Hot take. And that's yeah. The, the Sens but are going to score four. Ross, is really not that hot of a take because what's Vasilevsky's goals against average against the Sens? It's above three, you know? Yeah, it's like 3.2, give so, or take. There you go. We'll round that up to four. You round up at 3.2, right, math guys? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have to. And then if you're the Senators, I mean – They've scored at least three goals yeah. now in each of their last six games, True. including so, the loss to the Islanders. So Your, your model looks great here, Ross. I love your model. It's really backing this up. 
Oh, when we're talking about me using analytics, we might have to end the show a little early. No, that's awesome. And hey, I'm just excited to see Sens hockey. I mentioned on yesterday's, I mentioned yesterday on Twitter, the only problem with the game against Florida is that we didn't get to see them play again last night. When you win, you want to see them right back out. And if you're the Senators, you get to have that opportunity tonight in Tampa Bay against a team that is always dangerous, despite what you might have seen last Saturday, a team that's tied with the Florida Panthers, the exact same record as the Panthers, only two points back at Toronto for first in the Atlantic division. So if you're Ottawa, you're trying to move up. If they win tonight, they move past the New York Islanders in points. Now, games in hand be damned, but this is a Senators team that's feeling good about themselves. Winners of two straight for the last five. They're five and five in their last 10 games, but... The vibes will only continue to skyrocket should they, even if they lose by a goal tonight and they put out a good effort, this is a, a team that you can be proud of again, which is great to see after such a brutal November. What was it? One win in 12 games? One win in a month. Oh, <laughs> that was tough, Ross. And uh, just before we wrap up here, Ross, um, this is usually your plug, but talking about uh, new sponsors and stuff like that, any advertisers that are looking, you know what would be a great idea, Ross? Ooh. How about if we got a sponsor for the postcast? Wow. And if you're looking, like, just check out the YouTube numbers for yourself. Check out the vibe ratings for the postcast. Get in on the ground floor. Actually, we're not at the ground floor in the postcast. No. We're we're at least at yeah. uh, the first or second floor. So get in early, and you could have the opportunity to sponsor the Sens postcast. Postcast. And, uh, postcast. I think... That would be a great opportunity for us and for a company looking to advertise because it's usually good vibes. So get get your name attached to good vibes and uh, good times on the postcast. That's that's going to be my ending note, Ross. Well said. And if you're interested, you can DM us on Twitter at Send Central on Instagram, LockedOn.Senators. Or you can shoot us an email. Our link is in the YouTube descriptors. But for now, we say goodbye again. You can catch the postcast tonight. At about 10 p.m. Eastern. Again, follow along on Twitter and we'll let you know exactly when we go live. It should be about 10 or 15 minutes after the final whistle. But for today, we say goodbye. Thanks so much for listening. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators Podcast. Your team every day.